0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to Dead by Danny, the only podcast on the entire internet where I can go for uh, many, many, many episodes in a row, 28 to be in fact, or 27, and not miss a single day. But right there at the end, I, I accidentally don't have a podcast for one of the days. So, um, better late than never, is what I say. <laughs> yep, so um, I'm going to try to get this podcast up before we cross the midnight threshold. It looks like I probably will. But um, as usual, this is the only podcast on the internet where I watched Evil Dead 2 today, and I watch Evil Dead 2 every single day, every single day, every single day for 30 days, and um, we're reaching the end of that 30, so (laughs) as per usual, I watched Evil Dead 2 today, and um, it's a good movie it uh <laughs> it certainly is a movie and i didn't know at all what i was going to talk about today and, and i've been very very busy uh this semester of school is finally coming to an end which means um getting the busiest now i released a music video a couple days ago so i i spent i literally stayed up straight for 2 days um not working on that but Part of that was what. Well, part of it was because I was working on that. <laughs> so um yeah, I, I I watched Evil Dead 2 and I also watched The Gift, Sam Raimi's two thousand film, The Gift. Um, I, I figured I would talk about some Raimi movies to end off this podcast. Because I really didn't know what I was going to talk about today. I've been very flustered, and my brain's been very busy, and I haven't been feeling myself, and 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 so uh, last minute on the spot, the podcast was supposed to be up a couple hours ago. Um, this episode was supposed to be up a couple hours ago. <laughs> I post at seven o'clock every day. If you haven't noticed, uh, I I promise the next two will be on time, but. Um, Yeah, I watched The Gift. It stars um, Kate Blanchett. Uh, Yeah. And uh, also Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is in that movie. Uh, It was probably a major reason as to why I watched it to begin with. Because, you know, your boy loves Keanu. Your boy's a Keanu Keanu type of guy. So, (laughs) um, the film is interesting. It's not a horror movie. Last time I watched a us uh, ramy movie on on for this podcast i watched drag me to hell and that is very much in the vein of evil dead and evil dead 2 it's a horror comedy has a lot of gross out humor it's very exaggerated it's very theatrical but uh the gift is is interesting um in the 90s after the evil, after he essentially left the evil dead films behind and before he went on to direct three of the biggest movies of all time, the Spider-Man movies. Um, Raimi Raimi had a stretch in the 90s where he worked with... um, Fuck, what's his name? Bobby... Billy Bob Thornton. That's his name, right? Billy Bob Thornton. Let me check. Billy Bob Thornton. Yes. Uh, he, He made films like For the Love of the Game, I believe is the name of it. He made a baseball film. He made a Western and he made the gift at the very tail end of that very tail end of the 90s and he he also made um a simple plan which is another really great just kind of drama simple plan is really good as a matter of fact i kind of want to rewatch re whoa jesus christ i kind of want to rewatch a simple plan <laughs> but the thing is i i have never seen the gift so i wanted to watch the gift and um i i have obtained netflix so I, I added it. I had it on my um, list for a little bit, so I ended up watching The Gift, and The Gift is pretty good. Um, I, I, you, you wouldn't be remiss to have probably, um, I don't know, uh, stopped watching it a couple, like somewhat through it, you know, because at first The Gift just kind of seems like just like a family slice of life drama which it it's it is it is basically that is what it is it's just a uh, it has a like a weird supernatural twist to it for some reason um it, it it's kind of the thing i guess that the movie has going for it to to make to differentiate it in a way and typically i don't watch many just straight dramas. I I'm not against them, and if I do, if if I do watch them, if they're good, I typically enjoy them, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I I find myself gravitating more towards genre movies, um, things like horror, westerns, supernatural, uh, sci-fi, that kind of shit, more than slice of life kind of drama. Family drama movies and 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 typically that's just because um, you know they're not as engaging. I have a small monkey brain. I watch Evil Dead Two every day, which is surprising for me. I I tr- truthfully from the bottom of my heart, I didn't know I would be actually at the end of the podcast. I I, <laughs> I didn't know it would take me twenty seven days or twenty eight days before I actually like forgot to do an episode, but I did do, I did, I did, <laughs> and all it took was two days straight of staying up, and editing a music video, and working on finals, that's all it took for me to forget to, to upload an episode a couple hours late, but um, yeah, um, the film, I don't want to spoil the film, because I assume a lot of people haven't seen it, it isn't the most popular film ever made. It's not a massive blockbuster. It's not a thing I see a lot of people quoting or referencing, especially when they're talking about uh, Sam Raimi's directorial work. So, for that reason, I, I'll keep the spoilers in this podcast to a minimum. I'll probably uh, I'll give a general surface-level synopsis of what it's about. So we follow this woman who lost her husband, and she works as a psychic in a uh, little kind of yuppie, not yuppie, that's the wrong word, fucking, in, in like a redneck town. I don't know what state it is. I'm actually going to look that up. This is awful. I'm just Googling shit, all podcast, huh? It says it takes place here in Georgia. I don't think it's ever explicitly said where or what state it takes place, but uh, yeah, it's like a little town in Georgia. There's there's like a a bunch of lakes. It's it's a, it's it's a very s- suburban town, I guess. There's a lot of rich people there, a lot of poor people there, but it's very sparse and spread out. Everyone has a car. It's one of those places. So, <laughs> uh in that town, we follow this woman whose husband has I think I said this part already. Her husband has died. She's a psychic. She does readings for people. Uh, Some of those people include a woman whose husband uh, just beats the shit out of her and cheats on her. And another is a young man who is clearly uh, mentally damaged or traumatized and not all there. So the plot essentially revolves around um, the story that those two people take her down uh, for one. Uh, well, 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 the story also revolves around the murder case because a character is introduced and then found dead. And it's about finding out who that is. and and for reasons of those two characters, the woman who husband, who has a, a, a awful husband and, the young man she gets dragged into the case and yeah that's that's the gift <laughs> so kate blanchett's character is not n- none of the characters in this movie are particularly profoundly original or or crazy anything they're just people you know they're mostly sad lonely people living in Georgia, which I think, if you live in Georgia, you're by default just kind of sad and lonely. I don't know. (laughs) I I don't want to make a stance against about all people from Georgia, but I'm going to probably take a stance to say that Georgia's not a happy place to live. I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't be happy if I lived in this town. Just by living in the town, I wouldn't be happy. Uh, (laughs) What? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to stand my ground. <laughs> People who live in Georgia are sad because they live in Georgia. I'm sorry if you live in Georgia. I truly am. Not because I, I'm offending you or anything. I'm just sorry you live there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... Um, one, one thing that I found that was kind of funny... And I don't know what order they shot this movie in. Obviously, movies aren't shot in chronological order... And I don't know if it's due to the Stockholm Syndrome of me having to hear it throughout the whole movie or whether it actually did get better, but Kate Blanchett's accent at the beginning was very hard to pin down. I I'm, At first, I was like, oh, she's speaking with like a southern accent. And then she like kept speaking in a sentence. And I was like, no, that's a British accent. And then she kept... And then the sentence was done. And I was like, was that a British accent? What the fuck? <laughs> What accent is that? That is the weirdest accent. And then, um, and then she talked in a scene not too long later, where it was still not clear what accent she had. Like I think it was, the there was a, an intermediary scene where she was talking with her kids or something, and, or with a patient or something. I don't know, not a patient, a, a customer. I don't know, dude. I don't know what the terminology is for fortune tellers, and she. I I got the idea that she was supposed to be like a southern lady, like she was supposed to be speaking with a southern accent, and then, in one in a scene that takes place in her in the school, she just has a British accent for her first line, and I was dumbfounded. I was like, "What? <laughs> You're not gonna do another take of that? What What was that?" But yeah, um, I I did actually hear a story one time that Tom Holland said in an interview or something. That when you work with an actor who is um, who is English, sometimes you become deaf to their accent. And that he did a whole take one time in, in one of the Spider-Man movies with, like, a very British accent. Which is, I guess, just any British accent is a very British accent. And, like, the crew was like, yep, sounds good to me. And then he watched back the take and he was like, he was like oh, it's me, Tom Holland. He, he, he didn't notice. He didn't notice I said cheerio governor. You didn't notice I was British. And they're all like, "Oh yeah, you're Tom Holland and you're British." Fuck, we got to do that take again. Everyone, we got to reset up that shot. I want the grips to just put that put put that prop back. We were about to wrap up, but then this buzzkill bitch ass Tom Holland just reminded us that he was British. Come on, guys. But I digress. Uh, As you can probably tell, I'm tired today. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned it. I think I did. But I stayed up for two days in a row. And I'm really just out of it. I'm like dead. And I'm trying to get this podcast out by tonight. I had to pause for a really long fucking time. Because there was just noise happening in my house. But um, yeah, hopefully this is out by like actually today and not after midnight at first it was like, yeah, of course this will be out before midnight, but now it's not, I'm not so sure. (laughs) But yeah, the, the, the first half of the movie I will say is not particularly insanely compelling. Um, there's, it is engaging at times, especially when Keanu Reeves' character is introduced and he drops the N-word and he's very, he has a very powerful presence. He, he, you really are kind of afraid of him, in a way. Um, but none of the characters feel cartoonish or anything. They're all very, r- like, real people. Even Keanu's character, who has a very strong presence, he's a very villainous character, he gets knocked down by a punch like a real person would. And he gets he gets shit thrown at him because no, you can't exist as a human being like that and not get shit thrown back at you. Which I found very interesting. Another thing that's very interesting is that Keanu Reeves said the N-word in his first fucking line in the movie. And I was so taken aback. I did not expect that. That I just screenshot it with the captions on on Netflix? Because I, I, like, I don't know. like so, It really caught me for the loop. It's like that one time Keanu Reeves did Brownface. And I think the movie was called Little Buddha. It's like something that you don't expect. <laughs> It's something so crazy out there that you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> but it is part of the character. It's not like Keanu Reeves was saying it as Keanu Reeves. It's Keanu Reeves playing a racist, misogynistic fucking douchebag or something. And he does, he, see, he looks massive in this. I don't know if... This is like Matrix-era Keanu. This came out right after The Matrix. And he just... I remember him very, being very thin and very slender in that movie. But in this movie, he has a very, like, b- large frame. He feels like very... Like a large, redneck, scary man, you know? And I think he does a very good performance in this movie. Plays a very believable asshole. <laughs> and and another thing is that if you told me that this movie was directed by the guy who did the Evil Dead movies, I don't know if I would necessarily believe you at first, you know? There's some parts in this film is kind of a thriller, and it's it's unsettling and there's suspense and even though it's a drama essentially, Um, and and there's some elements that seem a little bit, maybe, like they have a little bit of Evil Dead on them, due to the psychic nature of the main character, and some of the things she sees, very startling, frightening things. That were very effective, mind you. I think they were very effectively startling, but yeah, it's not particularly of a, a, a high octane horror comedy like some of the other <laughs> movies we've talked about on this podcast. It's a very slow kind of drama, and really doesn't become insanely interesting or or or. or compelling until the second half that's not to say it's bad I, I i think when i was watching the first half i was like this is like a solid three-star movie you know this is like not awful very well made i guess but I mean, it's not boring you know which is it very well could have been boring but it wasn't so for that reason i was like this is clearly has something that's keeping me watching and then by the end of it i was like that's a good like three and a half four <laughs> You know, it's not like completely mind-blowing or mind-changing, but I went from being completely not connected, just kind of watching the movie, to being like emotionally invested into what was going on and on the edge of my seat at times. So I'd say it was a very effective, well-done movie. Again, this is from the guy who made A Simple Plan, which is insanely compelling drama, straightforward drama. <laughs> I think it was just over the course of the 90s, after the Evil Dead trilogy was behind him, he he really branched out and did films that he kind of really wanted to do, all these different genres and everything. And it, I don't think it was until Drag Me to Hell that he really wanted to go back and do something in that genre again. Because mm-hmm. Sam Raimi has said multiple times, he's not particularly a massive fan of horror. And even when he made the first Evil Dead film, he didn't even want to make a horror movie. But he did because that would that's what would sell. That's what people would see. And he was going to do it his way, and that's why those movies are the way they are. They're Sam Raimi's way of making a horror movie, as creative and intense and entertaining as possible. But once he had the Evil Dead films behind him and he was finally allowed to make films that he wanted to make, I think he wanted to tell vastly different stories. That that being said, it does still feel like a Sam Raimi film. If you told me the guy who made this is the guy who ended up making Spider-Man, that's a, b- a lot more believable because, I mean, for fuck's sake, this movie looks like Spider-Man. It's that, like, late 90s, early 2000s ungraded film look. It's kind of orange and, and like, red. <laughs> it, it has actors who would end up in the Spider-Man movies, like J.K. Simmons and the, the, the lady who plays Aunt May. She plays the granny who appears for a single scene in this film. The Oldsmobile, the Delta, the Classic—you know, whatever you want to call it—that's in this film. So it is a Sam Raimi film, and I do think it is an original film. Especially some of the uh, supernatural elements, which are few and far in between, and not the focus of the film necessarily, do have some Sam Raimi isms to it. But um, but yeah, it it it, sh- it sh- shows a distinct range. For, for Raimi. And this film could have very easily just been like a low budget indie that nobody saw. About a slice of life with no name actors and all this shit. But I think it's because this was the point in Sam Raimi's career right before he made the biggest movie ever. At the time. Right before he made Spider-Man. So this small scale story about just the small town in Georgia is elevated by the budget he probably had behind him and the star-studded, highly talented cast that's in the film. And I think once you start watching it, once you get into it, once you p- get past the first act and, and the, the mystery of the film really starts, you really get sucked into it. I think characters like the young man who who uh, Kate Blanchett's character is really trying to help and the mystery itself and Keanu Reeves' character... They're all very compelling, and you want to watch to see what happens to them because, well, for one, the drama isn't boring, you know? The drama is something that is somewhat realistic, but also mostly heightened enough to be high stakes, you know? Like, this guy is threatening to kill her, and he's breaking into her home, and there's all these things happening, and one character is trying to find out why he has these thoughts about his father and like things that are not boring mundane things these are like like there's an actual story here which is i guess i'm i'm saying that because i've seen many films like this that don't have a story that they're just about a woman and just about a family just about a young man just about a boy in a, a small town and they're not they're they're just living and they're all sad and depressed and they go out and they go to school and school sucks and I'm not going to go anywhere and I'm just here and I have to, I have to support my family, you know, and there's no plot to this movie. And sometimes those movies can be very good, but sometimes they're boring and they feel like there's nothing, they have nothing to say. And this movie isn't one of those movies. Now, do I think if Sam Raimi made one of those movies, it could be very compelling? Yeah. I've seen movies like that, slice-of-life films, that are very compelling. I think one of my favorite films of the past decade was a film called Patterson, which is just about a guy who drives a bus and writes poems. He doesn't do anything else. And I thought that film was beautiful. But, uh I don't know, I've been to a film... I went to a film festival earlier this year where I saw a film that was essentially about just a guy lives in a trailer lives in a trailer with his family his mother has alcohol problems he's the oldest brother and you know at first i was like this sounds very compelling but because it was so i don't know the it, it there was no real story to it there was characters doing things that were somewhat compelling to watch but ultimately amounted to nothing and it wasn't made uh there was uh, enough technical flaws in it that took me out of the film and I think the only reason why I really kind of stayed there and watched the whole thing was out of respect for the directors who were probably there or producers who were probably there. And also because it, it was uh, I, I saw let, let's just say I saw Jay and Silent Bob reboot that day because it, that's when it went to video on demand. <laughs> and I was I was maybe trying to enjoy that movie a little bit more. So I I, I stayed in my place, (laughs) you know, it, but it it wasn't awful, just boring. And I probably wouldn't seek out to watch a movie like that again. But, uh, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about the gift. Um, I did watch Evil Dead 2 today and in my tired state, I couldn't say with any amount of uh, certainty that I paid a decent amount of attention as per usual. I paid attention to Groovy Time. Groovy. Now, if you didn't know, Groovy Time is a segment that I literally came up with on the spot while recording the first episode of this podcast, like I do everything. You know, I only come up with all this shit right before I record, or as I'm recording, (laughs) where where I talk about the infamous groovy scene in Evil Dead 2, and... Usually, I don't know why I came up with this, I thought maybe I would have a bigger reaction and that it would wane off over time, which it technically has. I I typically used to, before this podcast, cheer when that scene would come on. And if I didn't cheer, if I had seen the movie relatively recently, I would at least laugh or smile. And pretty much that's all I've done the entire stretch of this podcast is laugh or smile when that scene comes about. Um, (laughs) the segment has proven to be, uh, fun when speaking with guests because it, it, it gives us something to discuss, but personally, when I'm watching a movie by myself at home with headphones on or privately, I don't react that much. I mean, I used to, when I would watch Evil Dead 2, I would always react, I would always have a field day, but... Now that I've watched this movie so many times, it's like watching uh, any other movie. I'm just gonna sit here and watch it in silence. (laughs) That 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 being said, I I do laugh at some scenes, and I did, you know, it did give me a smile when the groovy scene comes along, as as many scenes do. But maybe I thought when I was coming up with the segment, I I thought that maybe I would hold some sort of higher endearment for the groovy scene than I do it's not even necessarily my favorite scene in the movie but um, yeah that was groovy time for this week (laughs) and just like that the podcast is done if you want to see more of my content you can follow me on Instagram at DCRfilms if you want to follow me on Twitter I like to post stuff that I find interesting or funny out in the internet and that will be at Dan Regino. If you want to find where this podcast is hosted, see if we're on a different podcasting app of choice that you would like to listen to. If you want to just listen to the episodes, we are all hosted on anchor.fm slash Dead by Danny. Anything about this podcast can be found on there. Again, that's anchor.fm slash Dead by Danny. And as always, I would always appreciate it if you just shared this podcast with your friends and you told them to come get some and swallow this podcast. Thank you very much and I will see you tomorrow.